Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom. And thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by the Orange County Startup Council, which is started and led by my friend Scott Fox. And it is the best online resource that we have here in Orange County for all things startup. You can find great Orange County companies, partners, events, even talent. Uh, You can just go to ocstartups.org and learn more. I am super excited to have Charles Antis here today. He is one of the most energetic guys that I have met, uh, certainly in the last several years. And he's just one of these guys that makes me want to hang out with him more every time I see him. And I know that I'm not alone in that regard. Um, before we get to hear from him, and you know, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today about leadership and life philosophy and his company and the amazing other work outside of it that he's doing here in Orange County. Um, first, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's the founder and CEO of Antis Roofing and Waterproofing, a company that he started here over 30 years ago. And he really describes the company, I think this is a a unique way of describing a company like that, but he describes them as a shepherd in the community purposed by helping healthy families to have safe, dry homes. And I think that is so powerful to really both orient his people, his customers, and the community around uh, a company. And that is, uh, you know, really gives that a noble purpose for existing and and continuing to grow, and he is. Um, And he firmly has embraced and, and lived by the principle that I've talked with several other folks on this show about, which is this principle of doing well by doing good. And we'll talk about that more today and, and how he got there in such a meaningful way. He is super involved. I think most people that would see Charles out in Orange County wouldn't even believe he has time to own and run a company because he is super involved outside of Antis. He's on the board of the Ronald McDonald House. He's on the board of Habitat for Humanity. He's an advisor to 10C. And he's also on the board for the National Roofing Contractors Association, which is his national association for his industry. And for the last 10 years, Antis has donated every roof installation in Orange County of every home built by Habitat for Humanity. Just amazing. What I've seen from him as well, and a big reason why I wanted to bring him on here, is I just see an innovator's mindset in everything that he does. He is always challenging how can he be better how can he do more how can he multiply and i just find it so compelling and i see a a guy who's constantly learning every time i talk to him he's got a new book that he's recommending or now he's even talking about writing one which is awesome and i am super excited about and it's just inspiring and he's taken what you know many on the outside might consider to be a boring business Roofing, and he's elevated to the top of its game nationally, and he's been recognized for it. And he also, uh, refreshingly, you know, he says what he thinks and he shares what he believes. So, one of the things that struck me when we first met at his office was also just how cool it was the office itself. I, I felt like 
I might even be in a tech startup office when I was there, which I which I remarked to him. And so we're going to talk about today, you know, why he did that. That was the cool people there, though. Yes. And, you know, for most of my crowd in the in the tech world, you'd never expect to see that from a business uh, like roofing. And then finally, you know, he's embraced social media. And we were just talking off the air about, you know, 10 years ago, being him uh, may not have benefited him, but he's embraced social media like few have. And, you know, he shares a lot of the great work that he's doing in the community through that. And I know it's exciting and and inspiring and empowering others. And so we're going to talk about that as well. You know, I could spend probably the whole half hour just introducing him. But, Charles, you know, it's so great to have you here on Accelerate OC. Welcome. Thank you, Carrie. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, Pardon the hoarse voice. All good. I'm sure everyone will enjoy the... It uh, was the Ducks game last night, I promise. Okay. Well, let's get to the starting line. So I know I've introduced the company a little bit, but, you know, give us a quick synopsis on your your journey um, to get to where you are today with Antis Roofing. Well, it's really impossible for me to tell how we got here without telling the story I tell the most. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how, um, you know, I kind of got started and how we kind of developed the first vein of purpose showing up in the company. Mm-hmm. So when I started the company, it wasn't because... I had this great business plan. I had a skill. I could solve anything that leaked from rain. I, I discovered that at the company I was working, and I started getting confident at it. Although I had no desire nor plan until there wasn't enough work at the company where I worked, and I had a mouth to feed. And so in that need, I got a few side jobs, and the side jobs were fixing people's leaks. And so I got so few calls. My work one week was just putting weather stripping up on the home bedroom converted office so they wouldn't hear my daughter cry. And I got a call that week after I did that from a woman and she claimed she had leaks in every room. And this was a really good feeling. Mm -hmm. I get to be the hero. I get to go solve her leaks and I get Mm -hmm. to make some cash. And so I'm driving up to her home the next day and, and, and I'm, I'm noticing as I'm getting closer to the town that the homes are getting a little more disheveled, a little smaller, but my hopes are still high. And until finally I I turn on the street where the home would be and I look and see dead grass and a setback home with a simple home, the flat roof and they can hope and that's not it. But, you know, I went and knocked on the door because dad says you show up, right? No matter mm-hmm. what. And I knocked on the door and then three things happen really quickly. A woman answered the door with a really tired look on her face. Before I can say anything, I'm hit with the smell of mildew that nearly knocks me on the floor. Mm. And I, and I, of course, I'm recoiling. I'm thinking about what I'm saying to leave. But as I start to leave, I feel a tug at my finger. And I look down, and there's just like this little girl. And unlike the mom and me, our expressions were something else. She didn't smell this mildew. She just had this visitor, and she just pulls me into her house with this big smile mm-hmm. ear to ear with blonde hair. She pulls me in this undersized hallway and turns right into a room, and, and she just throws her arms up at, to the point to the poster on this wall. And, and I, that's when I knew it was her room because it was a My Little Pony poster. She was smiling. And I just sort of looked around peripherally and I saw bedding on the ground. I looked down and there were four mattresses with moldy bedding. And it was, you know, it was, it's, I think it's, I didn't cry when I saw that. Mm. But I was, I was troubled. Mm-hmm. 
I was troubled because this didn't look right. There was something that needed to be fixed, but I was also troubled because I felt a little bit trapped because I needed to survive. I had a daughter to feed Mm -hmm. and I had a mortgage payment to make in a couple of weeks and I didn't have enough money for it. And so I was in this really difficult situation that I felt many times since Mm -hmm. owning a business. Mm And, and I couldn't do anything. And, you know, the, the little girl, as cute as she was, as needy as she was, I couldn't do anything until her mom walks in the room again. And I don't know what it is, but I looked at her mom and I just saw that same expression. And something came out of me that I did, couldn't control. And I just said, I, I'm going to take care of your roof. And, I, you know, I, I remember thinking, I wish I, I, I did. I, do I? Can I? Mm-hmm. Will I? I don't know. But I made that commitment, and, and that was a magic moment looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up on the roof, and I found that they needed a new roof, and, and that wasn't something I was prepared to do. So I got on the phone, and I got a bunch of volunteers, and I got a bunch of material um, and uh, from Home Depot, I remember. And we gave them a goopy on the outside, but a really completely dry roof, and they stayed in that home. And, and I remember two things about that after. Whenever I ran into one of the volunteers, or whenever I would bump into one of the six siblings that lived in that house... It was like high fives. It was like hugs. Before I was a hugger. I mean, you, yeah, I've hugged you, but before that, I wasn't a hugger. But I was. We were hugging, and what was that? Well, that's what culture is today at Antis mm-hmm. Roofing. But it wasn't that way. I didn't think then. We just, we just had to. We couldn't let somebody have a leaky roof just because they didn't have the money to pay. We didn't think that could be economized. I thought that this was not a good idea. I can't afford to do this, but. My stories, I I don't go by what I see. I go by the stories that occur every time that we were able to help somebody stay in a home. It never never shut us down and our employees stayed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, we didn't recognize that data till later, but there was something magic. I call it my airplane, uh, doctor on an airplane moment. You know, when a doctor on an air, when you hear that call, Mm -hmm. we all believe that doctor's going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we don't, I don't think we believe he's going to send a bill for it. And that was my moment. I said, yes. And I'm so glad I did. It's made all the difference. That's an amazing start to, uh, it was to a company, right? That, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, as you as you sort of alluded to, like you know, in a 30 year, in a 30 year run that you've had, to be able to continue to do that, um, and now be able to do it in a much more, uh, in some respects, freely, uh, maybe more comfortable way, but still, still, that is those are the things that make the difference in the, in the authenticity in, of the of the culture and the it, company. It, does, it is authentic, and it still hurts. But we we tell the real stories today. We didn't know we could tell the stories back then. We hid them, but it still hurts when we get we get a request for something. And we try to come up with a way to say yes, mm-hmm. and and we've made commitments that were way out of our league still to this day. So I felt that pain. I think that's that there's a there's a message there from the stories that um, making that commitment can be scary for your CEO, for the board of directors to make, mm-hmm. to to give back in a healthy way. But 
not only the data, but I mean, let's look at the smiles around the office. It's an amazing, the HR spend over the next decade as things change, trying to retain employees is going to double per person. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that overspend that we do on, on, on programs to help our people. So I, I, tr- I think we can't err too much in erring on our people, both in our company and in our community. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Uh, and you know, I think it was Richard Branson who said, I'm, I'm going to invest everything I can into my people to make them as employable elsewhere as possible with the belief that that's why they'll probably stay. I, last night, was um, someone compared me. It was the, the mascot who plays Wild Wing. He told a friend of mine last night that I remind him of Richard Branson. And, <laughs> and I, I, that was the biggest compliment because he is a curious and mm-hmm. powerful man. That's right. I, I agree with that. So what, have you, as, as you've thought about, like what's, what's led you to be this way do you think versus you could have been a a proprietor of a you know a service provider just uh, marketing a business showing up and and fixing people's leaks but you connect so much more purpose to that like what what is it about you that's led you um to to be that way and you know it's it's um well i believe you know um we all have perfect lives. I really, it's a, something I tripped on and realized when I stopped comparing myself to you and other people, God, why does he have a radio show? It's, I could have a radio show, Paul. What's up? No, but you know, I, I stopped, I just, I just started somehow realizing my life was perfect. Mm-hmm. And, um, what was the question again? I'm just, sorry. Why, why, why did you orient to such a higher purpose about what you're doing and why, you know, why this company, you could, you could have just, for 30 years. I mean, you could have made a great living and just shown up and and done a good job fixing people's roofs and and waterproofing, but you you're so much more. What why why yeah, do you It's think? really just the stories, I guess. You know, it's like that this that that happened and I and I couldn't ignore that it happened that how is there always enough, you know? It, uh, I think mm-hmm. that, and, and also I had some really hard knocks in there, some bad years. I didn't know how we were going to survive, but somehow we did that donation. We said we, we always kept our word mm-hmm. and we, we, our word, we, we, we kept our word high. And I think that it was just the affirmation that I, I, I'm not saying I was better than because I chose this higher road at all, I'm saying that I had no choice. Sometimes I had to make choices that affected the brand of the company so people would look at the good things and it required an investment and I couldn't fake it. And and so when you're all in, you're all in. And mm-hmm. if, if you know me, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what's not working, I'll tell you what's working. I'll respect all parties and, sure. and have fun with it. Um, but but it's, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing once you realize that stop comparing yourself to everybody else and try to be the best at what you do and yes. treat people the best. And I, I just tripped on that accidentally by that little girl and then mm-hmm. by Habitat for Humanity when I saw those families that bought that could you know finally get into a home. This I knew when I woke up with a scratchy voice it's gonna be extra emotional day. Mm-hmm. The but it's like you just it's like when you realize you can or you, when you realize there, that abundance thing, you mm-hmm. know, I, I don't talk about it always well, but when you realize there's enough and you're probably not going on a business if, if you try to share this talent that you mm-hmm. have in a big way, 
it's like everything changes. And that's when I kind of realized, I think, in this giving that I became so grateful. <laughs> I became so grateful every day. And then it was able to, you know, and I'm not grateful I'm not pointing that to anybody. I'm just grateful. You know, I see us all as one. Mm. I think everyone in the community needs to be acknowledged. And I didn't used to think that mm. way. I, I, it's not that I didn't think that way. I just walked by like homeless people mm. and I didn't see them. I didn't see them. And then I hear something. I have to say one thing. I have to plug Paul Leone's Illumination Foundation because this is what shakes me. And this is what I, I will tell you because I want to shake you. Paul Leone, who is the nurse who started the Illumination Foundation to help the chronically homeless, tells the story about a veteran that he found living under the underpass near death who had lost an arm and when they revived him, the first thing he told Paul was, Paul, I can count on my one hand how many times I've been acknowledged by another human being in the last 10 years that I've lived under this underpass. And then you hear Paul a few minutes later tell Stephen a few months later with his pin with his sleeve pinned up and his girlfriend on the side graduating the Illumination Foundation ceremony and what the transformation mm. that happened in his life. And I would walk by that man 10 years ago, mm. but I won't today, yep. most days. And I think that there's a, there's a gift when you can look at this differently. And I, I'm way off and I'm not telling you how I got there, but, but I just have a really grateful approach today, every day with no exception. And I, and I do whatever I have to do to make sure I'm that guy and I'm that boss. And no matter what at work, I won't show the fear and that viciousness that bosses can do. I won't be the seagull boss anymore. Mm -hmm. The guy that comes in and flaps his wings and shits all over everybody, mm -hmm. wondering why they're not doing it right. You know? yes. So now it's, just a, it's a more beautiful life and it's a more beautiful life at work. And I believe when you're, you spend most of our waking hours at work, a lot of us, mm -hmm. and boy, when that can become your magic place where you do your magic, where you find that superpower and you can use it, then it's just like, that's the way life should be. It's, yes. not, it's not, I'm not talking churchy. I'm just saying that's life. Yes. That's living every day. And every it's a day. choice. Like yeah. the amazing thing is it's yeah. a choice. Like you you choose. Yes. That, oh yeah. Right? It's you're yes. you know, you you're active yeah. but yeah. so much I think that um you know and I love that this is becoming a much more common conversation than it was yeah. for maybe ever yeah. in our This is an interesting humanity. business conversation 10 years ago we wouldn't be having this that's conversation. Right. That's right. Yeah. But that yeah. you can actively choose like you can actively choose to show up with a smile, to yeah. show up to acknowledge. I mean it's yeah. I think that like that taps into our humanity at such a level of depth that well, that's not until recently did yes. I realize that circumstances around me could be going a little crazy, and yet I could choose okay. to be joyful and happy that's today. Right. That didn't, I, I bet a lot of listeners, and that sounds like, I just couldn't, I couldn't have heard that mm -hmm. 10 years ago. But today, it's interesting. And, and in this super rapidly accelerating, moving world, we better get that peace that's of right. mind. Well, yeah. because, I mean, to your point, the chaos is actually higher now than it's ever been exponentially and to, yes and yeah. continues i mean our ability as humans to keep up or keep ahead of the pace of change is now not possible and so what right. we, our choice is is to get swept up in that and be yeah. more miserable than ever which i don't accept right or we get to choose we can we can rise above it all we can we can be comfortable 
in the uncomfortable and in the uncertainty and i i love this my life is perfect that we were talking about and you mentioned that yeah it is i mean i i can't conceive it all that's not that's not my job my job is to be to embrace it my, as, it as long is, as my intent is pure, I'm not right. trying to hurt anybody, exactly. right? Uh, I might hurt somebody yes. unintentionally, yes. but I don't. I don't guilt myself or shame myself for that anymore. I go, oh, oh, that, did that work for them? That worked for me? No, and I correct myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a. It's a. It's an awesome, different view you can have when I lose that top-down fear strategy. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's go a little bit uh, deeper here. I mentioned at the outset you are so incredibly busy and involved in a lot of things outside of your company what what got you comfortable with being able and willing to do that because that's not that's not common a lot of my friends who have companies here they can't extract themselves. Well, they they they, they, can't. they actually cordon themselves off. They, they you know they buy into yeah. this. I have to focus. I have to and I I okay. challenge it and say you're going to build a better company by being in the community while you're building right. it. They and say you're, that you're not you're you're not the norm. You're the exception. So how did you get there? People uh, say they, they they two reasons, but there's the underlying reasons more more powerful. The subconscious EQ reason. Yes. They're saying they're not because they don't have. They have to work those eighty hours a week, and I I know that mindset. Yes, but really, they're not because they see themselves too small. Mm-hmm. We all do that, you know. If yeah, mm-hmm. just going, I've got my real education through Vistage, sitting around with other CEOs for twelve years, and and in Vistage, you know, I remember one speaker that we really liked, and so we did what he said, and he he uh, had us close our eyes, and he said, "I want you to raise your hand if you wake up really feeling like an imposter, and if everyone else in this room knew who really you what your fears and where you really were, and you know, we all in our egos, we all had our hands raised up." And any because he had us open our eyes. <laughs> I can't believe that's making me emotional right now. But but you know I love moments that I have ahas and I get ahas every day. It sounds maybe I don't, but it feels like oh, I I'm have sure ahas yes, every day. I do. And and so uh, I forgot again the question. I get rambling. Just but, how yeah. what got you comfortable not not just yeah. being in your so, business. So so really what happened with me is um, and and it was the need it was it was that giving having to give those roofs for habitat and then it was the need to brand myself knowing our brand was not getting noticed and then um, it was just telling the story I keep forgetting the last part of the question I I, I have it in my aunt ask it again just not not having to be yeah. in the business okay. all the time this, this is right? what it was so the real problem I didn't see myself high enough and what happened was another it was Melinda Masson um, CEO of former CEO of a management company that was real big in Orange County and she um, told me why aren't you on the board and I, I couldn't see myself there and I said I I can't go on the board she said, why? Well, I, I donate the rest. It's not a conflict of interest. I've just come up with these reasons because so I was coming up with conscious reasons for subconsciously seeing myself as this low-life roofer with crooked, with dirty fingernails, which is, by the way, how I used to see myself. And I'm sure um, it's good for me to say that around other roofers who sometimes see themselves that way because now I don't see them. If you ever see me talk, I use my hands all the time. And I have beautiful hands, and I like to use them, And but I, that I see myself that way. So there's a power 
powerful metamorphosis mm. that that has occurred, and it can happen to anyone. And so my my big thing with young professionals and I and to older people too, but the 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 emerging thirty something, we need you on these committees and on these boards. Mm-hmm. We need you, and then everything grows exponentially. You see yourself when you know yourself better, and cause getting involved with causes helps you know yourself better. Mm-hmm. Your path becomes more clear, and then all this magic starts to happen, which I, again, I don't understand how it happens or why it happens, but it happens. I'm sorry, I got a little off there. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. So, I mean, you've had a, a, a business. It's survived. Like Most businesses don't last 30 plus years. Three right? out of five roofing businesses will fail in the next three years. Yes. Across the country. That's, that's the highest fail rate in contracting last I heard. Wow. So, so that's, and, and, you know, I think I told you when we, when we first met, I grew up in a family business that that lasted 146 years and only, you know, is not in my family because there was not the next generation there to to take it over. Maybe that lasting 30 years is incredible run. What's what's changed? Like what what is what's different today than 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And how are you looking forward in roofing Mm -hmm. roofings? really different um, all of a sudden because uh, number one you have this labor shortage I mean it's a mm-hmm. real thing I mean mm-hmm. we, we're we've been saying half a million roofing workers across the country we just had ASU do a, an assessment um, a study on this and it's not published yet um, so directionally though it could be twice that many and um, I got, what was the question again, Gary? What's changed? Oh yeah, so so the labor shortage. So mm-hmm. so we're I, I, have, I have so many angles on this that I usually talk, but but we don't have enough labor. We literally could fill a couple hundred thousand jobs right now. Amazing. So that creates um, um, all sorts of challenges. But there's there's one good thing that's going to come out of that, and I don't mean good because I'm a people first. I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really look at the people that we try to bring here, but the technology play, mm-hmm. the technology play in roofing is going to change everything. And what's going to happen is the, the, the price for labor is going to go way up and roofing in Switzerland and Germany is not looked on like it is here. It's mm-hmm. looked on and we are, we are the superheroes that are protecting everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the way we see ourselves now. And that's the way the roofing industry is starting to see itself. And that's a huge difference from that. But there's a lot of other stuff going on too. The same things that affect everything else. If you don't have something you stand for the day, today in any business, it's really difficult to survive. Mm-hmm. In the roofing industry, we see uh, a lot of innovation, and we see a lot of these old brands, and they, they're beautiful companies, and they can't compete anymore. And they're even some of the, they're they're really struggling because of of you know rising liabilities, small margins, and the, the but the biggest thing is they can't hold on to their people, mm. and and this is the last stat in the roofing industry that blew my mind, uh, and I don't know the current st- stat, but as of a year ago, there was a 54 percent attrition rate in the roofing industry, wow. and so all of this is changing right now through three things, and I give a lot of credit to Reed Ribble, who's the CEO of the NRCA, and he's got a big name. I won't get into it for lack of time, and in the past. CEO um, Bill Good, and they've done amazing things. And there's three areas that I like to point out. It's advocacy. We're going to have 500 of us, I think, next month or the month after in D.C. And I'm going to have four or five Antis employees there, and we're going to be advocating. And now we do that, and we 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 um, built we're building this um, ability to 
have a standard across the country where we're, we're building this certification. Mm. And then third, the thing that I'm most involved in, because it was my concept that was that Bill Good pushed through, and that was the we now take care of all the Ronald McDonald House roofs, mm. keeping all the families safe, dry, and close to their sick kids mm. for all of us across the country. And that's something that that's where it's changing in a good way. But the need and the impetus really is lack of labor. That's the so big change. where if there's 54 percent of people leaving, I mean, there's there there have to be tremendous skills that, that these that's, people that's develop. company to company, company to company. Yeah, that's 54 okay. percent so attrition in from my one company. company to yeah. another. Okay, yeah. Um, which that you which know. we by the way just I shouldn't yes. say that without clarifying Antis the last we tracked last year that I'm going to say 2018 we don't have anything for 2019 yet or 2018 we tracked 90. Three percent, and the year before ninety one percent, or vice versa. For you, yeah. retention, retention. Yeah. yeah. So yours, that, yours is much lower, which, which everyone would. Yeah, expect. we say at Antis, every nail matters, and there's yes. a lot of ways you can extrapolate yes. that because it does. Yes, yeah. agree. Okay, so so it's not that they're all leaving the industry because I there's a I lot that have left the industry, but I don't have that number. Sure. I would direct, I would guess that that it could be as high as like ten or fifteen percent, which would be catastrophic. It's probably yes. lower than that, but it, it feels catastrophic. The pinch yes. on labor. To every employer I know. Yeah, and a lot of industries are dealing with labor shortage right now, obviously. Yeah. Which, I mean, back to the the core purpose of why I have this show is I, I really like to highlight innovators in their domains in that are here in Orange County. Because we have them in every corner and, and nook in this place. And their stories need to be heard. And that, that was the whole reason for starting this. As you think about, you mentioned technology. I mean, are you st- are you seeing things already that allow someone like you to service more customers with fewer people? Because the need is out there. The need isn't going to yeah. uh, go away. I mean, maybe maybe my roof will last longer than it did because of new materials and and things. But the the work, and in, in many cases, still has to happen. So you have to look at the different. Leverage points. Like where where are you seeing the the technological innovations happening? Well, there's some cool stuff. I you know so the two things that were, were really clear, first of all, drone technology is huge, mm. and you know yeah. we have uh, drones at Antis Roofing. In fact, you know this is this is what it feels like with new innovation, and it's not always. I, I love when things fail. That's how we learn, mm-hmm. and this hasn't failed. But we've I think invested forty thousand into these drones. We haven't. It's not producing for us yet, but we're learning, right? Mm-hmm. But we're part of. Um, this national group, Roofing Technology Think Tank, and we're founding members. And, and what that allows us to do is collaborate and be second in. We can give them CSR mm-hmm. practice push mm-hmm. push forward, and they can help us with... So they, so GAF, one of the greatest institutions in roofing, just um, did an experiment um, with a drone um, with a drone that's actually nailing shingles. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not ready yet, and it was, mm-hmm. wasn't perfect. It was a funny video. It didn't work out, but we're trying everything. But if you look at what drones can do in inspection and how much that saves lives because roofing is yes. a dangerous activity. Uh, but there, there's a lot going on there. But there's also Imagine Robotics on roofs. If you have a straight roof run on these large roof runs, you're able to take two bars, put them down, and using some laser technology, we're really close to seeing this in a big way. Mm-hmm. So I get to go and see all of the companies that are first in working on this. And mm-hmm. so we're really close. So we're really close to a lot of electronics up on the roof. And if you look at roofing as far as the innovation of, of the membranes, now we, we put 
stuff on with a with a heat gun, and it lasts so much better than that dangerous, mm-hmm. messy, hot goo. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of amazing things happening in roofing, and it's becoming a sexy sport. Being you know having a service business, man, everyone needs a roof, and they need their stuff protected. Mm-hmm. It's it's become a really awesome time to be a roofer. And the other trend though that's helping roofing is the fact that that trades are becoming sexier yes, again, absolutely. as with all of the changes we see. Well, and as you as you describe those things, like the the work in the trade becomes a very technical and we have interesting all, job, yeah. right? Like, I mean, flying a drone. Yeah. We is, have all sorts is, of technology. Yeah. So, but, that's yeah. Right. It's, but I don't. I. I don't. I'm not the. I'm not the guy there. I love it. I endorse it. And my nephew Aaron. We have. We have some amazing guys, um, Jose, that work on this in our company. Um, but they. But they collaborate, and mm-hmm. is, that's the key. And we collaborate where we can locally. Um, I, I love to collaborate with other rivers. It's not always easy, but you know. But nationally, we were able to do that. I always try to bring that where I can. That's. That's really. Really interesting. So let's let's build on that a little. So as you think about Orange County, right? This mm-hmm. this show is designed around Orange County and really creating uh, stories around folks like you that are really innovative and, and thinking about change in our world. How do you partner potentially or work with others in Orange County around innovate? You know, you said I'm not the one to, to innovate, but there are there. Are, material scientists mm-hmm. and there are hardware and software engineers and and people here who could conceive new ways how how in your mind do you think we can do a better job in c- creating those collisions to change industries to create new industries yeah. here i mean so in orange county i mean yeah i couldn't find that echo back in the industries that i knew mm-hmm. the best but interestingly i found I tripped on it, and I tripped on it by, you know, the same thing. I couldn't let anybody have a leaky roof just money to pay. I got involved in things like Habitat. Eventually, I heard an uh, organization called 10C. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened with 10C, 10C is a nonprofit that exists wholly to bring for profits and nonprofits together for everyone's benefit, including the community. That's the best way I would describe them. And I'm, as you mentioned, I'm on their advisory board. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's where I think we I really learned how to 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 be heard. And what happens once you get involved there, I collaborate all sorts of businesses. I mean, now with the roofing companies, they're they're kind of a broker because if there's a roofing company that that really wants to do the right thing, go through this company, they'll hook you up. And I'm not saying it's happening on a big way. I I think in roofing, it only doesn't happen because it doesn't feel like there's enough. It's that fear again. Mm. Once you realize there's enough and have flipped that mindset, I'm watching those roofing companies become very generous. And I didn't start that way. Well, I guess I did, but it wasn't easy in the beginning. So, okay. Okay. So we got a, uh, I'm getting a high sign here from Paul. So, um, Paul, come on. Yeah, exactly. Let's have a drink there. I see something there. Exactly. So I do want to, you know, I do want to get your thoughts on Orange County. You've been here a long time. How how do you describe Orange County to people on the national, you know, at, at your national uh, association? And you know, like what what is it about Orange County that you most appreciate as a as really a community to be 
an okay. entrepreneur and yeah. a member. Well, so, I, this, you know, this is not a knock on my allies, my roofing allies in Texas or whatever, but I remember being at a meeting and, and I said, and this guy said something socially forward. I don't remember really what it was, but it was something that, you know, not everyone in the room thought the same way. And he just got, he got, he got railroaded, you know, and I foolishly later on said something way more in that direction. And I just got a little, you know, a little tap on the arm. And then I started paying attention how, how when the roofer that gives roofs in Florida gives them away, they didn't get the same response from those other big brands around the, the, the town. Yet when we gave away a roof here, we got a, uh, thank you know, thank you for what you're doing to the community from an Edwards or a Disney or all these other companies. And and I thought, wow, um, doing best practice echoes well here. So I'm going to say this sounds really. I have friends in in the Bay Area that would or in Silicon Valley that would would maybe be slightly offended. But we we want to do socially forward things here, but. We're more, we don't want to go through pain to get there. We're maybe uh, friends in Berkeley that would go further down. So, so what I'm saying is Orange County resonates well to the rest of the country. Mm. So if you have a good bridge, we're we're a good bridge and we echo well, we, we create Mm. a little bit of a, you know, I, I'm part of my success in marketing and Antis' success in marketing has to do with this Orange County, um, echo and the Orange County echo, um, leverages really well nationally. I don't sell roofs in every state mm-hmm. yet. But when we do, this will this will leverage that's, well that we're headquartered here. I think that and I have is lots really, of stories that prove yeah, that. That's really powerful. So I, I we need to talk more about that. I'm gonna have to have you back on here. So Charles, thank you so much. It's our it, we gotta we gotta go to the final lap. I always ask my guests kind of last parting words of wisdom or lesson that they've learned along the way that they want to share with our listeners. I think this morning um, I read that question right before I came and I think you gave me something and and um, because I think I, I, I became a little more clear. I'm saying it in fewer words yes. is what I mean. And that is this. Realize I want to tell this to everybody and this, is, this will work for business but this is for your life because the two things work together. Mm-hmm. Realize that your life is perfect and be curious daily and then you will have power. That that is, there's so much to unpack there. That's a, that is a really really compelling statement. Thank you, and and thank you so much for joining me here today and and taking us on this ride. I mean, we we did not do this conversation nearly the justice it deserves in the time. We're gonna have to revisit it again and continue it for I'm sure. In. Um, I so appreciate your wisdom, your leadership, your authenticity, and and your outsized commitment to this community and, and this world that we're in. Uh, you you make such a big impact here. I want you to know that, and it, you know at least for me, and I know for many others here, it's so appreciated. Thank you. You are definitely doing your part to accelerate OC. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 